Are you conscious of your addiction? Refuse to be defined by it? Not satisfied with living your life on the surface? Are you drawn to deeper meaning and purpose? And believe that it's possible to grow through your addiction to experience true freedom? Well, welcome home. Share the journey from addiction to freedom with your host, Michael Gregory. Well, welcome back from Addiction to Freedom, Michael Gregory and Deborah. So today we're going to maybe talk a little bit more about how this project came about and we'll see where we land. Let's do it. Michael, I really would like you to tell me a bit more about yourself. You mean... How uh, you started out? In relation to this project, yeah. So, well, I'll just very briefly just say that I'm going to just do a fast forward. (laughs) So... I have always kind of been mystified by what the heck's going on here, you know, with life in general. And uh, so when I left school, I studied philosophy because that was a way of asking those questions. That was the only, seemed to be the only place that people asked those questions outside of kind of religious, but that seemed to be a, they didn't, I'd, I'd already by that stage, you know, been in, kind of had a Christian upbringing and, and different types. So that just created more confusion. But when I studied philosophy, I don't know if you heard of Rene Descartes. He's like so-called father of modern philosophy. No, I haven't. Well, he's a famous French philosopher and he is famous for having this, what he calls this method of doubt. So he was actually trying to find out what was true, like what is truth. And so he said, well, how do I get information? And he went through the different senses and he said, well, I want to test out every sense and see if it's actually reliable, whether I can trust it 100%. Because he he was after what they call indubitable truth, undoubtable truth, self-evident truth, something that cannot in any way be doubted. So this method of doubt, I actually, when I was about maybe 18, 19, I basically did it. You know, I lived it. Right. So I would, you know, go through his argument about, let's say, the eyesight and see if that was reliable. And it's not. I mean, because there's mirages. I mean, you can explain it, but if you're just simply saying, well, can I trust it just in my daily life? Well, 100% not because I need other information to try and work it out. And the same with all the other senses. So all of the senses were ruled out as 100% reliable. Like they might be reliable, let's say, most of the time, but 100%. And so then the, then it comes to thinking, well, can I rely on my thinking to give me truth? And, um, and so he basically has an argument that, I won't go into it, but basically creates this doubt that our thinking is, can deceive us which I think intuitively know that we know that's true because we've believed certain things and then they turned out to be not true. So you can't 100% rely on that. And, and that kind of, you know, I was, you know, for weeks living in this state of not really trusting anything or even though it's like I'm alive but not alive. Wow. You know? At such a young age, you're already exploring all that. Yeah. I don't know why, but, well, I wanted to know what the heck was going on. And 
So that became quite painful in a sense, like it was the doubt. And it's almost like a surreal, you know, whether it was a dream or not a dream. And what is a dream anyway? Is this a dream? That So I was in that. And eventually it just it kind of got too much. Did you find the answers you were looking for? Well, there was this one, one particular night I, I had kind of a really extreme experience and I just, like, I just thought that really the only way is just to end it. And because um, it was kind of a purgatory. I don't know, that doesn't sound rational. And there was, and when I was about to do it, I literally had this carving knife and I was like, <laughs> wow. And I was at the point where I was literally just going to do gonna it. You were going to stab yourself. Yeah. Oh. And this thought just came through my mind like it was super clear. It was like, an, a, it's almost like it wasn't my thought, but. It was like a clear as a bell thought. It was different. And it said, if you're not sure about anything, how can you be sure about this? And so that that was like, <laughs> couldn't deny that. And so I was still left with the dilemma with, well, with the situation. And so I just basically walked. I walked all night and um, a long way. And then eventually ended up back, sat down in the morning. The sun was coming through the window and I just sat down and I just had this experience. And it was like, it was an absolute, like, first of all, there was no thinking. Thinking was gone. And there was an immediate certainty of connection with everything. But that's not through thinking. It was just an obviousness that everything is one and I am part of everything, or well, we all are. But, but I'm saying that in hindsight, in the experience, there was no thought. There was just an obviousness. And, and it was just like intense peace and intense love. And it was an absolute certainty. Like all of that doubt just disappeared. And so Descartes, he has this famous statement, I think, therefore I am, right? And I luckily had an Italian philosophy professor who showed me some of his letters because that's a mistranslation. It's not a logical, I think, therefore, conclusion, I am. It's not that because in his letters he explained, that's the way he expressed it because in the, at the time he was trying to present it as a scientific, mathematical you know, something logical, right? Because that was what was accepted. And he didn't know. I think he was even kind of maybe slightly missed it. But he did explain in his letters that it was more like an immediate realisation. It wasn't like a logical syllogism. It was an immediate realisation of his own existence. That's what I had. And he also went on to try and use that as the basis for a proof for the existence of God, Right. And I can see how he would have been tempted to do that because of this immediate awareness of interconnectedness with everything. What did you use it for as the base of your next step after that? Well, that really, I just left to stop doing philosophy because thinking was not the answer. Like conceptual thought was not the answer, mm-hmm. obviously. And, I, and that, while it might have gone on for minutes, it wasn't 
permanent. And I was, that was the answer <laughs> and is the answer. And, and I was trying to find a way back to that. And because in that is true freedom. Did you manage to hold on to that feeling of peace? No. <laughs> no. It came and went. But it was so impactful that I was always wanting. So basically I went and studied Eastern philosophy. I left and I travelled and, and somebody who I was living in a share house with introduced me to Eastern philosophy, a guy called John, and he was a lot older than me. I was maybe 19, 20. He was like 40, I think, roughly. So he could see where I was at, and so he introduced me to Eastern philosophy, which showed me that there was this pathway to a state of awareness, which basically described the same state of awareness that I that had happened. So I started to pursue that and Chinese medicine because that was a way of um, understanding the internal energy system because at some point like everything I read was talking about a transformation of the internal energy system. And there were various other experiences along the way, but long story short is that most of the time I was nowhere near any of that. <laughs> you know, I was caught up in all the confusion and delusion of life. Where did Eastern philosophy and Chinese medicine then take you further on Well, your path? I mean, there is a... There's a whole, I mean, obviously there's a whole story there where it was ups and downs and, but I ended up discovering a solution to, which I'm sure is not new. I think it's just a human capability that through all the things that I'd done, realized how to make cravings disappear. So that was where the, you know, working with people with addiction, particularly smoking addiction, was able to develop, develop a program to help people retrain their brain just so they don't get cravings anymore. So, and when you don't have cravings, you're not coerced in that area. And that is freedom, at least in that area. So, but through that and other things, I see that actually as a real, a real way of um, help, helping people experience the truth. Well, at least for me, the truth of what I am. And when I say I, that's just, a, that's just a, a word. It's not a separate reality. So I guess I'd like to have conversations around that because I can see a real contribution there. And you'd have a lot of experience in all those years you worked with people that were struggling with cravings for nicotine and the method you developed. Yeah. Do you think you'll be able to help people with other type of addictions? Well, any, any craving, every addiction has craving. So if you can understand that core, then you can start to work with all of those. Wherever there's a lack of freedom in your life, you can work with that because it's essentially a craving of some sort. Even if it's an avoidance, that's a kind of in like a negative, it's like a shadow craving, a negative craving. So you can start to pinpoint, oh, there's this, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not excluding myself from being an addict. <laughs> <laughs> you can share your addictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, like one central addiction that we all have is our addiction to ourselves. So, can you explain that a bit more? I find that fascinating. Well, most of the time, everything that we're doing is about ourselves. Often, 
even if we're doing something for someone else, there's a payoff for us. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just the way it happens a lot of the time. You know, you're doing something because it makes you feel good or feel satisfied. But the question is, what is feeling good? Like, what in you is achieving that good goodness? Like, what is there? Like, who is the me that is getting the satisfaction? And when you ask that question and really look at it, there is no me really to satisfy. There's just inherent satisfaction. And also because we're so interconnected, then someone else's happiness is happiness for everyone. It's not like one separate gets carried to another. Like there's, an, there's an immediate you know, happiness that that person's happy. I don't know. <laughs> I forget what you actually even asked. <laughs> That's okay. I think you answered my question. But I actually do want to ask you another question because um, would you mind telling me a little bit more about this method you developed to help people with their cravings? Because um, I'd be interested to hear with your background and all your experience how you've developed something that's obviously unique to your program that has helped a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I think it's, first of all, it's starting to try and explore the truth of the situation, you know, what is really causing the craving to occur in the first place. And often we'll blame a situation, we'll blame a feeling like sadness or stress or anxiety, or we'll blame a thought. I wish that thought would go away. But none of these things actually really create cravings. But this, but the thing is that most programs and most attempts to solve the problem are trying to look at those things. And then it's about looking at what the craving really is. And once you discover that, then it, it's really a realisation of the truth of what that is. And then you just repeat that realisation or experience each time you have it. And boom, you realise craving's gone. Yeah. But then it's about retraining your brain through rep repetition of that. It's a bit like you, I don't know, realise something and then you forget it. And, you, and then when you come up with the same problem again, you go, oh, that's right. And you realise it again and then forget it. But eventually, every time it comes up, you go, oh, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that. And then you don't even have to make an effort and suddenly the situation arises, you immediately see the truth. So your brain is retrained. But I think there's a possibility of that. And I'm not saying that I have this experience but I believe there's a possibility of that, of being free of all addiction, including addiction to our self-centeredness. And how do you think you're going to go about developing that? Well, first of all, I don't think I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's already, I think life has a way of doing itself, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. And we just we participate in that somehow. Our bodies, our mind, our actions all participate in that if we're in tune with it. So I'm just planning to have conversations. <laughs> and bringing awareness to this particular yeah, subject. Yeah, to help bring and, awareness. And people will be able to uh, learn from that and hopefully have more awareness about their own situation. Yeah, and, and I will be able to learn from the conversation too. You know, we all can because... Everything is new, every, you know, all the time. And all, you know, seeing like Heraclitus says, you can't step into the same river twice. 
You know, have mm-hmm. you heard that one? Because the river's always changing, and not only that, our footsteps are always changing. Our we're already changing. I mean, even our perception of the river is not the same from moment to moment. So it's all changing. So basically, you know, just creating a space to have these kind of conversations is the goal, (laughs) the aim. Sounds exciting. I'm really excited to see where this is going to, which direction this is going to take. Me too. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I reckon that maybe we should, Stop there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need a drink of water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I hope um, if that's something of interest, great. Let's keep in contact and, and we'll maybe in the next episode even. Bye.